Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the show. I am somebody brought to you by Vertebrae Support Services. My name is Anthony Collins and I'm a clinical mental health counselor here in the city of Brotherly Love, Philadelphia, PA. Today's topic is the impact of gun violence on the communities. I mean, all you need to do is turn the television or read the newspaper or go online and or on our computers each day and ask, you know, why gun violence is, is so prevalent in our city streets. You know, I, I'm, let's visit Chicago. You know, Chicago makes national headlines all the time about the murder rates that exist in this city. A wonderful city. A city that is known um, for people traveling there. <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of layovers, you know, from Philadelphia to Chicago. Um, you know, you have the famed, uh, you know, Michael Jordan, you know, Chicago Bulls, six championships. You know, you have history there with the Chicago White Sox and, and what happened with them and, and their baseball era and they're finally winning. And, and, and the Cubs having won the World Series and they're finally winning. But outside of all this glory, you know, in the urban community, there are constant, constant murders, deaths of young people, of women, men, I mean, people that have nothing to do with nothing, but yet are killed. So, I mean, as of to date, 2018, there have been 335 people that have been killed this year. That's off of 109 fewer than 2017. This year isn't over yet. How come? I mean, that's that's a question. How come? And if we are able to ask the question, then what do we do about it? Right? And most of their homicides happen are on the south and west side of the city. I mean... There are probably a number of reasons, but yet it's nothing that is being done about it. You know, so here we have black on black crime, right? That is really detrimental to uh, the people in Chicago becoming well, you know, physically well, mentally, socially, or emotionally. And you're going to keep hearing me say these words physical mental, social, and emotional well-being. And I came up with an acronym, acronym for that. P-M-S and E. Right? P-M-S and E. Okay? So I'll keep saying that throughout the podcast um, and, and then we'll get into that. And there's a reason why I started with this topic, the impact of gun violence in our communities. And so now we, we, we visit you know, the city which I was born and raised 46 years, okay? And again, turning on the television, reading the newspaper, going online, and we it's so prevalent in, in, in the streets of Philadelphia, right, that we high rate of gun violence. Right? And so let's visit, you know, the state gun laws. First, to purchase a firearm, you must be at least 18 years of age. 
Okay. You can also never have been convicted of a violent crime. Must not be undocumented immigrant. Declared mentally ill by the court. A drug addict or habitual drunkard. A fugitive from justice. Have been convicted of three separate DUI charges within a five-year period or are subject to an active protection from an abuse order. No firearms are known to be prohibited by state law. Private sales of handguns must go through a licensed dealer. Huh, we, we, yeah, yeah, right, right. In Pennsylvania, there are more than 2,500 federally licensed firearm dealers where, where one may make a purchase. Individuals interested in purchasing a firearm must fill, first fill out an application with their basic information. Okay? So once the application has been completed, the firearms dealer will input the information to the Pennsylvania Instant Check System to check if the individual is legally allowed to own a firearm. So if they are, uh, and they have the resources, how many guns do you think they're purchasing? Alright? Residents in Pennsylvania may also purchase firearms from gun shows and private dealers. Okay? In the first-class city, such as Philadelphia, a permit, according to 18PA C.S. Section 6109, is required for both concealed carry and open carry when transporting firearms of Pennsylvania without a concealed carry permit The firearm and ammunition must be in two separate containers within the vehicle. Yeah, right. Okay. I mean, the law, the state, the laws are really, like, ridiculous right and in their language individuals in Pennsylvania are permitted to open carry firearm as long as the firearm is in plain view when concealing a firearm individuals must obtain a concealed carry permit from the local sheriff's office an individual must have a concealed carry permit to carry a loaded firearm in Pennsylvania and last to apply for a license to carry in Pennsylvania individuals must be at least 21 years of age the application process requires submitting the Pennsylvania license to carry firearm application to the sheriff of the county in which they reside. Individuals who are not residents of Pennsylvania but are 21 years of age older may submit the application for a Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania license to carry firearms to any Pennsylvania county sheriff office along with the required fee. Wait a minute. Uh, earlier they said to purchase a firearm you must be at least 18. And now they're saying to apply for a license carry in Pennsylvania you must be at least 21 so that you know so so much ambiguity right but those laws has nothing to do with the amount of murders and death that has occurred in Philadelphia this year right a person who following these laws most likely are law abiding citizens and most likely will not use their firearm haphazardly all right so we go on to say that one of the biggest problems in the city of philadelphia is the illegal gun trade okay gun trade of straw purchases a straw purchase occurs when a person who is not prohibited from purchasing a firearm uses it uses or attempts to use his clean identity to pass background check and purchase a firearm for someone who was prohibited from purchasing the gun in the first place and so we know that this is a crime and for those who don't it's a third degree felony under the Pennsylvania law alright and this is what we want to talk about in Philadelphia and in a city like Chicago Washington DC 
New Orleans, Los Angeles, all the big cities, New York, right? And so the ones that are affected by the gun violence, who do you think they are? Are they 40 and older? Are they 30 and older? Or are they 20 and younger? They're teens and young adults between the ages of 15 and 25. And this is so sad because we see families affected. I mean, the impact that a gun has on a family, not only the one who gets murdered, the one who does the murder. I mean, it impacts it tremendously. And again, the physical, mental, social, and emotional well-being it's derailed. The lack of a just having, and, and there's no such thing as common sense these days, really. It's all about having information. Who are you? Who do you want to be? You know, when you take a gun and you use a gun just because a person said or they use profanity towards you. Or you got into a fight or you're driving on the highway and they cut you off or you in at the grocery store and the next thing you know your car your carts hit and, and and next thing you everything just goes right right like I mean we all have issues on a daily basis and to not be able to appropriately deal with the issues and allow our emotions to go get to a point where we're using a gun and most of the time, a legal gun. Most of the time, the person is not even 18, which we read according to the Pennsylvania state laws, to even file for a, to purchase a gun, you have to be 18. And here we already said that the people the most affected by gun violence are between the ages of 15 and 24. So, getting to the statistics of the guns the, the people that the fatalities the firearm fatalities in Pennsylvania I mean 1,485 okay 1,485 and, and that's way 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 we in, in Pennsylvania, not in Philadelphia, but 1,485. This is in the year 2015. All right. If we go to today, right, how many people have been shot in the city of Philadelphia today? I mean, are do you really want to know? One shooting every six hours occurs in Philadelphia. One shooting every six hours occurs in Philadelphia. I mean, in 2006, it was every four hours and 22 minutes. One shooting occurred every four hours and 22 minutes. Ah, so it declined, but it's still way too much. Okay, 
way too much all right so what are we going to do people that's what i want to know what are we going to do so i would like to end this podcast by saying a quote and i will end a podcast every podcast by saying a quote something that i find myself doing to help me deal with the issue that i have uh driving for over the last since 2001 and for the last couple months i haven't been able to drive my car was in an accident it was total um so i'm on you know mass transit and to help me deal with the anxiety that I may, you know, uh, experience and to also help me deal with the amount of people that I'm going to come into contact with. I, I choose to write in the morning a quote, okay? And on this day, I wrote, is it an, is it, is it an accident that African-American males are 6% of the adults in America that constitute only 60% of the penile population, right? Too many youth losing their lives daily, but not at the hands of law enforcement, but by the individual that looks just like them. Again, people, what are we going to do? Thank you for listening, and I'll see you soon. And remember, every mission begins with a vision. somebody and I'm Anthony Collins the mad therapist yesterday we talked about the impact of gun violence on communities and I provided some data uh, and for the city of Chicago versus the city of Philadelphia and today I wanted to continue that conversation and I asked a question if we see it, what do we do about it, right? We understand that gun violence, violence in general, destroys communities, destroys families. Children are left fatherless, motherless. Right, and many of these families, I mean, aren't provided or privy to life insurance. I mean, because no parent believes that they're going to lose their child at an early age, especially to a gun. Right, I mean, this past week had been three young men, maybe one adult and the rest, the other two weren't. One is still alive, the other two are dead. A, a, a young man scholarship to Penn State University I believe, gunned down in his driveway, shot in the head. I mean, wow. Right? 
Another one. Shot. Dead. Another one. Shot. He was shot last, he was shot 12 times last year. And then again on the same day last year, he shot again this year. And so, I mean, what is going on? What are we going to do? Enough is enough, right? And so, if we really, really care about our neighborhoods and our community and our children, we have to get out. We have to start talking, seriously, talking about how we feel. We have to start talking to the children. And, and coming up soon, I'm going to be talking with a, uh, a, a young lady who has over 20 years experience in the Philadelphia school uh, system and talking to her how about how violence, I mean, uh, just can take a child who is bright, energetic, creative, and just, that child can just go straight to the bottom. I mean, and the development of this child just cease to exist, just based on experiencing their loved one, someone that they know close to them, whether it's a, a, a classmate or whether it's a family, die at the hands, be murdered in the street, and for what, right? So we'll talk about that at another time. But today we're going to continue talking about the impact of gun violence, but on the economic scale. Okay? I mean, because we have to. And so to begin, they say, okay, and this is according to the Urban Institute, okay? In Washington, D.C., every 10 fewer incidents of gunfire in a census tract are significantly related to what? One new business opening, creation of 20 more jobs and new businesses, 1.3 million more in sales at new businesses, and one less business closure. I mean, really. And across five cities, gun violence surges slowed neighborhood home value appreciation by 4%, also decreasing the average credit score and home ownership rates. I mean, is it planned? Is this something planned by the powers to be to just, you know, put the guns in, 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 into an urban community? And we talked about yesterday how straw purchases of guns by people who are able to to get the guns but then what do they do they turn around and give it to someone who shouldn't be having a gun i mean where's the accountability at is it just about money since we're talking about economics i purchased two thousand guns and next thing you know i'm giving away half of them or just say 30 percent of them and they're going to individuals who shouldn't even have the guns I mean, there's no accountability, none, no accountability at all, right? And so, as we go on and we talk talking about the economic impact of gun violence, 
and it says that research based on newly available business establishments and credit score data along with gunshot and social demographic data by the census tract and gun violence and the data in the six cities and it states that what <clears throat> gun owners i mean uh business owners when they open up shops or they open up stores and they a new business opens up what do you think happens in a, a a neighborhood or a city or a community when gun violence is, is is rampant they suffer why because they can't stay open all night long they can't stay open late hours they have to close at a reasonable time just because of a fear of people not coming out and so to stay open they lose they lose their money they lose money and so they have to actually i mean secure their business which can be will cost a lot of money and and so when business owners in these neighborhoods they're forced to take on the cost of enhanced security measures right and at the same time suffering because the residents don't feel comfortable shopping at the dark so this is what gun violence does right it hurts everything the housing prices driving exist in the community members to relocate right people don't even want to drive their car people don't want to come outside I was walking today with my sons in the evening and I said look at the people outside this is the type of people the type of individuals are are out at night you know I, I, I do um, referee in on the side you know I, that's what I do and you know as a hustle and the other day, I seen one referee pull, you know, a gun out of his bag. I mean, he's he's an official refereeing basketball games. They are unlimited adult games. And the fear that he has that something may happen. And he had a gun on his in his bag. I mean, I just shook my head and said, wow. I mean, even some people you think you know don't possess a gun they do and and you know for the majority of part for the majority you know i just shook my head and because I, I i really i should have asked them as i'm reflecting upon it now and i didn't you know and, and as i'm talking to you guys um that's me not being accountable you know because i've seen something that is, is really troubling to me and I should have asked him you know so um, I, I think I'll, I'll call him and ask him what the reason was for that for him to have that gun even though I believe I, I think I know but just to talk about like guns are you know are really really dangerous and you know people have them for numerous reasons we know the, the, the violence that exists in you know school shootings rampant you know mall shootings police fatalities you know shooting uh uh black people and black people men and women dying at the hands of police officers you know just the lack of consideration for the next human being 
you know, um, it, it really breaks my heart. So let's move on, shall we? <clears throat> Do you guys recall the massacre that happened in Las Vegas? Uh, I do, and I'm sure a lot of you guys do. And that was a reminder that there is a persistent gun violence in the United States. And the United States ranks as one of the worst, why do they say they're the 31st country according to other uh, countries, right? that have issues with guns and gun violence. And you guys won't believe how the U.S. compares with the lowest rates of violent gun deaths worldwide. Okay? The lowest gun Lowest rate of violent gun deaths worldwide is in Singapore. The top five are Singapore, Japan, South Korea, and China. I mean, yes. Singapore, Japan, South Korea, and China. And United States comes in at 11 with 3.85. Okay, 3.85. Singapore is 0.03. Violent gun deaths per 100,000 people, 3.85. Okay, and so let's go to another stat and how the U.S. compares with the highest rates of violent gun deaths worldwide. El Salvador is number one with 40.29. And again, this is violent gun deaths per 100,000 people. The United States is 3.85. So, yes, you look at those stats and the people say, oh, we ain't, United States isn't that bad. Yeah, right. We're talking about El Salvador. You know what they're doing in El Salvador? It, it, it's based on drug trafficking and why they have 40.29 per 100,000 deaths okay United States is the third highest rate of violent gun deaths in the east southeast and south Asia the Philippines being the highest at 7.42 okay and so Let's look at the Middle East, where a lot of people are really, really misled due to the propaganda machine, the media, uh, about the Middle East. The United States is number two, the highest rate of violent gun deaths in North Africa and the Middle East. If United States was part of North Africa and the Middle East, the United States would be number two shaking my head SMH right and uh, compared to with the highest rate of violent gun deaths in sub-Saharan Africa again the propaganda machine the media 
what have you believe that sub-Saharan Africa are a bunch of savages but United States coming at number four if they were a country in sub-Saharan Africa per 100,000 deaths they were coming at number four okay and so when we look at this data when you hear me providing the data to you know that the United States has a serious issue. Yes, the cities, Philadelphia, Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, New Orleans, Miami, and, and, and other cities are really, really having issues at this moment. And it could it's a number of factors. But what I like to leave you guys with today is that gun violence destroys communities I'm going to say it again gun violence and all types of violence destroys the community that you live in especially the underserved communities so I thank you for listening to me and I appreciate it. And we're going to keep rolling this out because I, this is a topic that has has to be heard. It has to be heard. Okay? And so I'll leave you with this. As I said, I'm going to leave you with a saying that I, I, I write every morning. Because it keeps me safe keeps me sane right and that's why I call myself the mad therapist the warning signs of a traumatic experience are not apparent yet the impact can be severe the flight the fight or freeze is a response that derails emotional and psychological well-being please let's talk more and shoot less and remember, every mission requires a vision. Yo, Malik. Yo, what's up, Kai? Chill, chill. Good, good. All right, so we want to we want to begin. All right. Bet. All right, so, all right, hold on. So, hey, good people, how you doing? This is the Mad Therapist, Anthony Collins. And I'm here with my younger cousin, Malik Holtz. How y'all doing, world? Yeah, yeah. So, Malik, um, the last couple episodes I had or topics I had, it's just a balance. Uh, first one, just gun violence in the community. The second one was on the how gun violence impacts the economic oh, yeah. of our community. All right. Right. Uh, I wanted to talk, or what let you talk, ask you some questions. That, you know, you, you're, uh, how old are you? I'm 28. 28. Yeah. 28 years young, right? Yeah. And uh, you have two, two children, right? Yeah, two young sons, six and two. 
six two young sons, six and two. And with going with everything that's go that's, that has been happening uh, in the city of Philadelphia and around the world, being a father, a black young man with uh, two young black uh, sons, um, similar to to me, I'm a black older man <laughs> with uh, two young sons, and I, I really wanted to take you know this route to getting you know our listeners um something to consider how we deal with being not only black men but being black fathers black sons black brothers black uncles black cousins and um you know i want to get the people some of that that realness yeah, yeah. Without giving up some data, but just some genuine uh, emotion, genuine uh, history. You know what it what it's like to be in those roles. Mm-hmm. So the, the the floor is yours. So your father, twenty eight. What is it like being a black father of two black boys in Philadelphia? All right. So basically, both of these topics kind of intersect my life because. Even though I am a father, I lost my father due to gun violence when I was 15. So throughout the, the course of that, that just taught me as I became a father that I needed to be there as much as possible to give my sons the things that I missed and stay away from things such as violence. Like So it's twofold, right? So having yeah. children, right, it kept me away from certain things. Mm to not be able to do stuff. Cause you know, I gotta I got to go home. I gotta pick up my son and do this. Oh, we gotta go here. Oh, I gotta go to football. We gotta go. So I'm not even able to be around the element where I would be involved in anything. But you know what I'm saying? That, mm-hmm. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Right. Responsibility. You, you took right. it on. You took it head on. Exactly. Based on your your, your experiences as a, as a teen losing your father. Right. Mm-hmm. So you, you, losing your father provided you with some insight. Right. What'd you say? Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. To the impact gotcha. of violence. You see what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. a lot of people, that's what they don't get. They, they mm-hmm. nowadays all you see you see an Instagram post, it'll be mm-hmm. up for a couple of days, a month, the person disappear and it's like that's it. But they don't mm-hmm. see the stuff that go on behind what people do. Yeah. That really affect people yeah. later on down the line for, for life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On both mm-hmm. sides of it. Gotcha. Got you. And, and so if you don't mind sharing uh, with our listeners, what, what was one thing or something that you went through um, losing your father as a teen? At, at the time, you know, it was kind of being that I was a teen, it didn't, it wasn't really as impactful, you know what I mean? Because I was doing other things and it was kind of just like something I accepted. But as I got older, you know what I mean? I started looking at certain things when I went to college or when I had sports games, basketball games, football games. It's like, damn, everybody else, you know, pop around. Damn, I can't even say that. Or I hear my friends say some stuff like, you know, oh, my dad, he a dickhead, this, that, and the third, you know what I mean? And I'm like, yo, mm-hmm. bro, like, you don't know that. That stuff, not even, that's not even nothing. Like, at least you could talk, you know what I mean? You could talk about things that your dad did to you. But mm-hmm. I don't have that, bro. Yeah. yeah. So gun violence uh, caused a ripple in your life 
and some of your friends didn't really they they didn't they didn't have that experience right and taking taking for granted their father for you is like yo chill like yeah. you know or we think about that it. some more it ain't even that deep right yeah. yeah 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 and so i think like what for 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 example the young man um that was a track star yeah, and tragic, had, man. tragic very tragic and um you know he, he, he was going his way to 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 do what it, his dream i guess right. to run track and maybe make it to the olympics if that was one of his goals um to for this young man and, and then they had some on the Delhi news philadelphia Delhi news this, today they had a a a headline to his picture on the headline like he can't run like right. meaning and this was so insensitive yeah that was very tone deaf for them to write that yeah. yes yes it was yes it was and yes they wanted to 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 to, to strike some chords but i mean the way what's going on again there's too many black males dying you know um especially over the last week and right. For that type of article to come out, it, it was completely way off. And so, his family, you know, and so many families this past weekend, and not this past weekend, but this past year so far, has um, how, like, I, I, you know, you're my cousin, so I know you have good support. Your mom, your grandma, your yeah. uncle, your grandfather. Right. What did they do? And how did they ensure that you were good? So, you know, basically my mom, which is like the rock, you know, in my life and stuff like that, like mm-hmm. she just made sure I had all the things that I need, the necessary tools, whether it be financial or more so traits of a man mm-hmm. that I should exhibit in myself where I should go. If she see me doing something wrong, no, correct that. No, men do this. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. No, men do that. Oh, okay. Or I see my grandpa the way he not take care of my mom, but anytime if it was an emergency, you know what I mean? If something was arise, mm-hmm. who she called my grandpa and what he do, take care of it. Okay, mm-hmm. that's how I'm supposed to act as a man. So mm-hmm. I saw those things, you know, growing up and I picked up on that and which in turn led me to again my position as a father where I go, Okay, this is what I need to do. They need stuff of me, I have to provide that. Boom. So that put me in the position to in the mind state. Mm-hmm. to be able to handle that, you know, when that happened. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. I, 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 and, and and your grandfather is what you say he is, right? Right. And, and, and your mom is, she's real. Your mom is right. a real, you know, a woman. She's a real woman. Yeah. And um, so another question, like, have you ever thought about, you know, carrying a gun? Uh, not myself, honestly, because again, I'm I'm somebody that's cognizant of laws, like you know what I mean. So my mom always told me like, this is what happens when you do this, and I go oh, okay, and I'm observing. I'm somebody I I can learn from somebody else's mistakes. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the people that I've been around, they've been in those situations, and I saw what happened to them. So I go gotcha. okay, violence and guns and these things only lead to those things, and I don't want none of that shit. So let me leave that alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. So, 
what was your take? You know, once you heard the first podcast, what was your take on it? I liked it. It was, it was real insightful. He was delving mm-hmm. into some deep topics, which is why mm-hmm. I felt that I needed, you know, tune in and provide my gotcha. opinion on a few things. Okay, cool, cool. And I, and again, I, I like to. T- uh, Oh, I can't hear you guys. 